Well, we are in our fifth week of our preaching series, which is Understanding the Bible, Looking at the Letters of John. Now, these are the letters right down the back of the Bible just before uh, the book of Revelation. And what we've been doing over the weeks is we've been looking at um, the first letter of John. We've been looking at it and trying to see how it, how it speaks into our lives, but how it helps us understand what God wants for us and what God wanted for the church back then and for the church now. In our Going Deeper series of understanding the Bible, we're trying not to be too heavy, we're not trying to be too light, we're just trying to get that right mix about what it means for us to look into the Bible and understand it. What we've seen over the time of looking into this letter of 1 John is that John challenges us to put our faith into action, that our faith makes a difference in our lives. Today, as we continue that series and, and hearing the advice that John is giving us in this fourth chapter of John, we see that John circles back again and continues to remind us to be careful of the influence, the influence that of our thoughts, those things that come into our lives and influences the way we think and live. See, Christianity is not just a philosophy. That is, it's not just a pattern of thinking and, and the words that we say. Christianity is a way of life. What we do in worship, the faith that we express in our worship here, is lived out not just in this one hour that we spend together, but in the rest of our lives, for the rest of the week and for the weeks following that. Christianity changes our thoughts. It changes our patterns of behaviour. It affects all of our lives. It brings change not only to our lives, but it also brings change because of the influence that we have on our family, our friends and the world around us. It changes our society. The fourth chapter of 1 John starts with a reminder, warning about false prophets, and and it just brought that for us before. And how we spot a false prophet. A false prophet is someone who who claims to speak from God but actually doesn't acknowledge the the full humanity of Jesus or the full divinity of Jesus. In other words, they, they don't say that Jesus was fully human or fully God. And they also put aside the fact that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus restores our relationship with God. I'm not going to focus on that section of recognising the prophets today, but rather I want to focus on our response to God's love for us that we find in verses 7 through to 21 in the chapter 4 of 1 John. But I want to start with three questions for you to start thinking about, and we're going to explore those three questions today. First is this. Have we let the love of God become an abstract concept in our lives? The second... If our life, is our life reflecting the assurance of God's love for us? And thirdly, in what ways is God's love real and life-changing for you? So let's just jump into 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through to 12. 
And it says this. Dear friends, let us continue to live one another to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who lo- whose love is a child of God knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God shows us how much he loved us by stand- sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. So that first question, have we let the love of God become an abstract concept in our lives? It's a deep question to tackle, I know. But see, here's the thing. The the opposite of abstract love, I'm going to help us by by understanding what the opposite of abstract love is. The opposite of abstract love is concrete love. See, concrete love is something that is seen, is, is physical, it is tangible, as opposed to abstract love, which is which is a notion, the concept of love, the thought of love. See, abstract love is something that we all can ascribe to. You know, we we love each other, we love the world, we might love chocolate, those things. And, And we can talk about the love of a parent for a child, but you see concrete love happens when there is care and nurture given to a child. When a child is hurt and injured, you comfort See, concrete love is the practical application of putting that abstract concept of love into reality in our lives. So when we talk about that God loves us, we tend to think abstractly. We tend to think that God loves the world, everybody around, and yes, maybe even us. It's kind of this big nebulous concept that we, that we often dismiss quickly. Because we're not, we, we, we don't attune ourselves to the concrete nature of God's love for our life. But I want to say this, God's love is concrete. It is tangible. How do we know this? God showed how much he loved us, not by an abstract thing, but by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him, which is Jesus Christ. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. God's love for us is not a theory. It's not an idea. It's not just an abstract thought. God's love for us is flesh and blood. It is found in Jesus Christ. And when we think that God's love in the abstract terms, we have a tendency to dismiss We have a tendency to dismiss that God's love changes our lives. But when we know that God's love for us is concrete, in concrete terms, and we know that Jesus Christ came and died for the forgiveness of our sins, that we see this love in action, and that love makes a difference in our lives. The second question that I pose for us, so moving from this abstract concept 
And they're saying, actually, no, this is concrete. This is something that we can hold on to that is tangible for us, that makes a difference for us. The second question is this. If it's concrete for us, is our life reflecting the assurance of that concrete love of God? We know that God's love is not just abstract. It's concrete, it's tangible, it's real. Then it actually calls us into question, what do we do about this? Does our life reflect the love of God for us? Do we know the forgiveness of sins in our life? Do we know the hope of eternal life for us, of of life everlasting with God? Do we live our lives with the assurance of the love of God? Are we seeing real life change in our lives because of God's love for us? See, when we live in the assurance of God's love, it means that we live in the hope for the future. It means that we live without fear of death. It means that we no longer live for ourselves, but we, we rather we share our lives with those around us. We open up our love. We let the love of God flow from us that we know in real ways to those around us so they can experience practical love in their lives as well. I want to share with you further from 1, 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. We'll put them on the screen for you, but from 13 to 18. And God has given us his spirit as a proof that we live in him and he in us. Therefore, furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. And we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. For God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we will come face, can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment and that shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. See, this this helps us. This this helps us understand the assurance of God's love in our life. We know the assurance of God's love for us through through the Holy Spirit working in our lives, guiding us, helping us, giving us peace, giving us assurance, giving us hope for the future. We have the assurance of God's love for us through the apostles' testimony so that they're the people that walked and, and lived with Jesus and understood him and gave his testimony back about what Jesus did and about his death on the cross and resurrection and we can hold to that. Eyewitness account, assurance of that. See, the love of God means that we live without fear. The assurance of us, the assurance of God's love means that we can live without fear. We are not afraid of the judgment to come. We face this with confidence because because we've said yes to Jesus. And by saying yes to Jesus, we're saying that Jesus is our Lord and our Saviour. And we start to live out of that assurance of that. And that means that we will love 
our brothers and sisters in Christ will love our neighbour as ourselves. The great commandment that Jesus gave his disciples was to love your neighbour as though that they were yourself. This is the practical application of what it means to live out of the assurance of God's love for us, that we are so confident of God's love in our life that we are willing to share that with those around us. The third and final question that I posed earlier is this. In what ways is God's love love real and life-changing for you? What practical thing is happening in your life? What are you doing that is allowing God's love to be made real in your life and changing who you are? Let's just jump back into 1 John chapter 4. And we're just going to read from verse 19 through to the end of the chapter, which is 21. And it gives us a little help in this. We love each other. So here's the practical thing, putting love into action putting love into, this is what we can do. We love each other because because he, that is God, that is Jesus Christ, first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. See, here's the thing, that question that we had. In what ways is God's love becoming more real for us and life-changing for us? In what ways is that happening? It happens when we love those around us, when we love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, when we don't place hatred upon ourselves, but we place on the mantle of love. Notice what it says. If someone says, I love God, but then continues to hate a fellow believer, they are not of God. It's important for us to be reflecting the love of God in our lives, that to be changing us, to drive away hatred, to drive away fear, and let love and compassion flow through us. This opens us up to dramatic change in the way we think. We no longer think inwards about ourselves and what we can get for ourselves, but rather how can we help in situations that where there is there's hardship, where there is pain, where there is aching. It means that we open ourselves up. It means that we risk being hurt, but we are willing to love. We start asking the question, What does the other person near me need? And how can I help offer what is needed? And often that is just time. Often that is just listening. Often that is just a word of encouragement. It's not necessarily dipping into your hip pocket and and getting out money. That's the easy thing to do. It means giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving your energy, opening up yourself. So as we can see, John gives us practical advice about what it means to be a Christian, to live in community, but to actually share the love of God for each other. That it's not just in your head when we talk about 
Christianity, when we talk about faith in God, and when we talk about God's love in us, it's not just this abstract concept, it's real and practical. And it means that we change who we are once we get to know God. We live out the assurance that God's love is real for us and makes a difference. See, when we come into baptism, we're actually giving a practical, real example of saying that God's love we want for our lives and we're willing to give it to our children and encourage them to grow up in the faith. Real, practical love. I didn't want to give you a list of things that you just tick off and say, this is what you do, this is how you do it. I want you to be challenged to think for yourselves. How are you going to express love to those around you? What are the practical things that you are calling to do for yourselves? Let's just pray. A gracious, loving God, we just ask today that as we have heard from your, your word in the Bible, encouraging us to think more deeply about your love for us, encourage us to think about how we can be assured that, that you, what you have done is correct, encouraging us to understand and think what it means to be giving real practical love to those around us. God, may you show us your love today. May your Holy Spirit guide us deeper, deeper in our commitment to you, deeper in our commitments to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, deeper in our commitment to love our neighbour as ourselves. Our Lord, help us to show love in practical ways to those who are least around us. Help us to give of time. Help us to give of energy. Help us to give of ourselves. Oh Lord, we just pray this in your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.